Welcome to the Week 5 War Against the Spread Fringe Element Edition College Football, SEC Football. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Stephen Lassen. You can follow me on Twitter at Stephen. You can also check me out on YouTube at AllCFB365. So we've got a short special announcement on the show today. We've got five huge games. Uh, we, of course, are thinking about the people of South Carolina and Florida and Georgia and the Eastern Seaboard as they had to move the South Carolina game to Thursday and the Florida game to Sunday. The good news being that we get three days of SEC football this week instead of just the one. But, of course, thinking about everybody down in the southeastern portion of the United States. Uh, so we will get to five big games. we got your lock of the week. We've got, um, of course, an update on our current standings, which is you dominating, and I hope everyone's been fading me and playing you. You went 6-3-1 last week. I went 3-6-1 last week. You beat me on all the big spreads. You beat, you had Bama covering and South Carolina covering, and you, you won both of those. I had Vandy and Charlotte. That was stupid. I had Kentucky. You had Northern Illinois. That was stupid on my part, so you kicked my butt again. That's two straight weeks. You are now 21-18-1. I am 20 19 and one. So we are basically dead even, but more importantly, Stephen, we're both above 500. So there's that. That is a good thing. I think the next step is let's see if we can get every game right this weekend and make people <laughs> even more money. And most importantly, if we just have a winning record, we're making people money, Braden. So uh, as long as we're winning, we can't complain too much, but obviously because we're per- we want to be perfectionists and uh, like coaches, we're just trying to go one and oh in every matchup this week and get all of them right. <laughs> Well, you are 12-6-1 and one the last two weeks, so uh, everybody play Steven, fade me, although you never know when that's going to switch. You should have played me at the beginning and faded him, and then it switches. It's like you got to be – it's like a fantasy draft. You have to know when the run is coming, and you have to begin the run, not be on the tail end of the run. But right now, Steven Lassen, you're red hot. we got five big picks to go this week, lots of really interesting football in the SEC. However, we have an announcement to make on the show, and that is that this podcast, every Friday – putting out episodes and by the way check out the youtube version the youtube uh, episode goes up a day early on thursday so rate review subscribe you know all that stuff turn on the notifications everything uh but but all fringe element college football content is now brought to you by a new sponsor je dunn they are one of the largest construction companies in the united states over five billion in annual revenue 25 offices across the country but a lot of them in the southeast and here's what you need to know they want you to come work for them. Yes, that's right, you, Stephen Lass, and they want you to come work for them. They are a top 100 healthiest place to work in the United States, voted one of the best places in Nashville to work every single year. Again, they have offices all across the Southeast. This is a company that believes in happy and healthy employees being productive employees. They take care of their people. The workforce has power right now in in America. And J.E. Dunn, I'm telling you guys, jdunn.com is the website. If you just, it's amazing what happens when you care about the people around you. And JE Dunn does that as part of their core ethos. And they want you, you don't need any construction background because they got lots of jobs for lots of different types of people. They want you to come work for them. So go to jedunn.com and go to work for, for, for a great company. Go, it's just a great company. What if your name is Brian and you're currently living in Alabama? Let's say, didn't <laughs> you have no construction experience? And you need to rebuild your career. I would guess J.E. Dunn would be the right place to go, right? Yes, it would. Brian with a Y uh, would would be a place to go. What's funny is he's also on the other end of the spectrum. Like the reason Derek Mason is no longer at Auburn is is because of the hostile workplace environment. So Brian Harson understands J.E. Dunn's perspective on both sides of the equation. 
Uh, he may be looking for a, a, a good gig soon. I can't imagine uh, maybe this weekend, um, but also understands you know, there's some people that have left his, his uh, leadership because maybe it didn't, maybe he wasn't, he didn't have their best interest at heart, Stephen. I don't know. Go to jedun.com. Check him out. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. jedun.com. And it's not to mention it is coaching season. There's assistance on the move. So who knows? There will be a lot of uh, perhaps assistants and coordinators looking to change careers later on. All right. Let's get into the games of the week. Week number five, Stephen Lassen, Kentucky at Ole Miss. And because you've whipped my ass the last two weeks, you're going to go first. Uh, Kentucky plus seven against old Mississippi. That's the number. Uh, we don't really know a whole lot about this old Miss team. They have not really challenged themselves much so far this season. Kentucky, we, we have a lot more data on Kentucky, but not as much as some other teams. I was a little surprised at this number being as large as it is. And this was a 42, 41 game a couple of years ago where Kentucky ran for over 400 yards um, and so I, I don't know where you, this is a, there's still a lot of learning we're going to do in this game this weekend. It feels like it really does. I, I think that this is a mystery game for me this week or sort of a, to, to use a bad cliche, it's a sort of show me Saturday for, for these two teams, because, you know, Kentucky has a good road win at Florida, but they've also struggled to run the ball this year. The offensive line gave up a couple sacks to, to Will Levis against Northern Illinois, so I think we will find out a lot more about Kentucky. We'll also see if the running game gets a spark with Chris Rodriguez coming back this week, which is huge. I do think if we know one strength about Kentucky, we think the defense is pretty solid despite the turnover this year. Played really well in the swamp, not to mention Will Levis is off to a good start this year. Ole Miss is probably one of the bigger mystery teams. I can tell you from looking on Sunday at different voting and, and polls, they're all over the place. You can find them closer to top 10. You can find them closer to 25. So I'm interested to learn a lot about both of these teams. I was a little surprised that last week Ole Miss was jumped out to a 35 to 14 lead over Tulsa. Tulsa came back. Tulsa, you know, Ole Miss had been rolling up into that point. So there's just a lot of mystery and unknown with this Ole Miss team. I think the spread's too high here. I think given those question marks about Ole Miss, I think we have, we know Kentucky has got a good road win already. I will take Kentucky to cover on Saturday. So I also have Kentucky plus the seven. There's no question about that. Here's the other thing. Evans for Ole Miss left, left with like medical issues. I'm doing the air quotes there for those that are not watching on the YouTube, which you should be. Um, but we know Ole Miss want like what they do well is run the football and they want to run the football. And that's what Kentucky stops. And we don't know what Ole Miss's offense looks like when the running game doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, that's like the one thing I'm betting on is I know Will Levis is pretty good. I know the defense for Kentucky is pretty good. And I don't really like that matches up really well with what Ole Miss wants to do, which is run the football. But right now, I mean, I, I Jackson Dart, I guess, is the starter. <laughs> I guess it's his biggest uh, test by far this year, for sure. So I don't know. Like to me, it's about like known commodities versus unknown. And I just know more about Kentucky, I guess. And I think, you know, again, if Kentucky can get by Ole Miss in this situation, they've got their schedule is favorable after this. So. Yeah, it, it, there's a couple things I think we talked about with Kentucky so far this year. New defensive line, new secondary, but they've held up well so far this year. And I think if you're you're betting on this game, like you know more about Kentucky coming into this yeah. matchup. But I, I think for Ole Miss, you, there's a lot to like. And I think you could also argue that they've maybe 
they haven't had to show the full arsenal in the games that they've played because they were, you know, Troy and, and Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech and Tulsa, where here in your SEC opener, maybe you have some things that you haven't used. But by far, this is Jackson Dart's biggest test. We've already seen Kentucky hold uh, Florida in check a few weeks ago. So I think there's just too many unknowns here. If you're betting, I think Kentucky, you feel better about for sure at this point. I would take Kentucky plus the seven as well. Alabama minus 17 and a half at Arkansas. Steven, I felt like this is a game that I spent, and I said this on the episode on Wednesday. Like I felt like I spent all offseason like circling this one and highlighting it and underlining it and talking about it and saying, this is the one. Look ahead to AM for Alabama. Good matchup. Arkansas played this team very tough in Tuscaloosa last year. Lots of explosive plays in that game. All those players are gone. Uh, for both sides. Um, but now I've seen I, like I've now I'm it's almost like I'm talking myself out of Arkansas being competitive in this game now that it's come back now that it's here and facing us. 17 and a half is a big number for a pretty good Arkansas team at home. I like Arkansas to cover. And one of the reasons why is really just what Alabama has done on the road since the start of 2021. Uh, three wins by one or two points. They had a 40-point uh, victory over Mississippi State, and they also lost to Texas A&M. So Alabama has been a different team away from Tuscaloosa compared to at home. I think for Arkansas, there is a question of, you know, emotionally kind of where are they after a really heartbreaking loss last week? Now you have to get refocused to play, you know, whether it's number one or number two team in the country. You mentioned the big plays, and I think that, we saw in the A&M game, some of those other receivers for Arkansas stepped up, but there's still nobody that's like Traylon Burks. And I, and I think for Arkansas to win this game, it is going to come down to guys like Drew Sanders creating havoc at the line of scrimmage because of some of Alabama's question marks on the offensive line. Arkansas leads the SEC in sacks. And then I think the question for Arkansas is, can they hit some of those big plays on offense? A Alabama's been awesome all year in defense, no surprise, but because of Alabama's struggles on the road, if I'm playing something here, I'm going to play Arkansas to maybe cover, backdoor cover uh, on Saturday. Isn't Vegas begging you to take Arkansas here? Yes. Hmm. That's con that concerns me. Um, which team has a has a has a more tenuous relationship with their offensive coordinator? It's a good question. It's, Al it's, Al um, it's Alabama. It's got to be Alabama. <laughs> I, I think that you know that's a fair question coming into this game is. You know, we've we saw on the op the road opener for Alabama when they played Texas, like some of these receivers creating big plays. You mentioned last year's game. I mean, it was Jamison Williams and John Mechie and Burks just going off. I mean, for Alabama, who steps up this year a receiver, I think is a fair question. I, I love the talent. I just need to see somebody start to be that downfield threat. And maybe they find it here. That's the, that's kind of what I was wrestling with in, in this game is. Maybe this is the game the switch goes off for Alabama and they just dominate. But based upon the trends, yeah. it says Arkansas gets the cover at home. No, I'm I'm taking the 17 and a half because of your point. Like again, look at the Florida game last year, look at the LSU game last year, the Auburn game last year. Then you look at the Texas game this year. It's just been a very different team on the road than it is at home. So I think that's the smart money there. But Vegas is telling you to take Arkansas. So I I understand why that number has gone up from 17 to 17 and a half, I guess. I think the issue is when you talk about Alabama getting on track, it's about the, the the corners and the secondary for Arkansas being not what we expected at the beginning of the year, the Jalen Catalan injury and some others. There were some receivers that were open for A&M and Max Johnson last week just isn't good enough to connect on those. Bryce Young will be if those guys are open. So, I mean, it, 
I am so torn on this. Like Arkansas feels like the smart play, so I'm going to go with Arkansas. But this is, I mean, this 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 does kind of feel like a get right game for Alabama, and I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. So. What do you think about Texas A&M coming up next week for Alabama? Any look ahead concern factor into your betting perspective on this game? I guess. I mean, it's human. It's human nature to do it, right? Um, but I don't think I, to me, it's just, it's, it's, it's your original point. It's that this Alabama team, like Arkansas is a really good football team. They're, they're a top 15, top 20 football team. They're one of the better teams in the sec. They are at home. They have a star quarterback. They were the better team than A&M last week. And if they had just not had two of the flukiest plays in the world, that it, maybe it's a 12 point spread, you know, like, I think there's some market correction with this number. And if you want to bake in some human element looking ahead to AM, then then I think you got to play Arkansas here. So um, but I would not be surprised if this is like, you know, 42 to 20 Alabama, you know, 42, 13, 42, 17, something like that. So we'll see. I Arkansas's defense needs to step up and rise to the occasion. So yeah, I, I think curious about the public perception of Arkansas after last week's game you know certainly I think there is some questions about you know now you have to go play Alabama after losing such a heartbreaker but I do wonder if maybe we're jumping off the Arkansas kind of uh, you know bandwagon just a little bit too much in a game they easily could have won if two plays go the other way all right uh, we're going to move our lock of the week into the middle of the show now and we agree on this so this is rare and probably bad news for you Stephen because I agree with you on this but this is called we're going to call this segment Make Smart Decisions, brought to you by J.E. Dunn. If you want to make a smart decision about your career, go check out jedunn.com. Go work for someone who actually cares about you. That's all. Again, they have green eggs and record players and video games and like TVs and like five-star kitchens in their offices here in Nashville. They are an extraordinary company. They, they, big, they, they, they are a big company that treats you like a little company. That's, that's what you need to know about J.E. Dunn. If you want to change careers, you're looking for a new move, make a smart decision. And go to J.E. Dunn, go work for them, go inquire about an opportunity. They've got something available for you. You don't need any expertise in construction. They, they've got a job for you if you're willing to work hard and you care about the team. You know, like like Sam Pittman and Josh Heupel, you want to care about the team, go work at J.E. Dunn. Make a smart decision. So your smartest decision of the week in the SEC in the gambling world is what, Stephen Lassen? Georgia over Missouri to cover here. The last two times that Georgia has played Missouri, they won by 30 plus points. The spread is about 28. I think we get a very angry and very motivated Georgia team. It's probably been an unpleasant week for, for the team with Kirby Smart at practice this week after what happened on Saturday against Kent State. It was probably not one of their better performances. So I think just based upon Georgia's probably motivated History tells us that. Also, Missouri struggled to move the ball against Auburn on Saturday. I don't think that uh, they'll have much more success moving the ball against Georgia this week. Punt, 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 (laughs) punt, 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 punt. Turnover on downs, missed field goal. Field goal, fumble into the end zone. That's how the game ended. I just told you the entire second half in overtime in a matter of 10 seconds. So make a smart decision. And put some money down on Georgia minus 28. I've also got the dogs minus the 28 point points against Mizzou. Mizzou is not good at most things on a football field. And uh, so make the smart decision and gamble on the Georgia Bulldogs this week. That is our lock of the week. And make a smart decision for your career and for your life and for your family. And go check out J.E. Dunn. J.E. Dunn.com is the website. Check out all the different types of careers they've got. All different offices and locations across 
the great United States of America. So go make some smart decisions. Gamble on the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, all right, we got Texas A&M plus three and a half against Mississippi State. Here's my question about this matchup. LSU just know Brian Kelly and LSU just knew how to attack Mississippi State and Will Rogers. Will Rogers beat Texas A&M last year. Does this defense for Jimbo Fisher, a very good defense for Jimbo Fisher, do they have the right configuration and the right mentality to stop a Mike Leach offense? I think A&M is better in the secondary. I also think they're pretty salty up front, too. I also, I think we can go back to last year. DJ Durkin, who was the defensive coordinator at A&M, was at Ole Miss. And in that game against Mississippi State, Mississippi State had about 5.7 yards per attempt. So I think what A&M will do is very similar to what they used against Miami, which is they will allow them to drive the length of the field. They would try to get stops in the red zone. A&M, one of the best teams in red zone defense in the SEC. So I, I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about A&M's defense. I am worried about A&M from an offensive perspective. They may need a turnover here or two to try to win outright. We saw the rushing attack maybe start to find some signs of life. A-Chain had a good game against Arkansas. Bryce Foster's back at center. So maybe there are some good things happening with A&M's offense in terms of improvement. I like Max Johnson more than I do Haynes King. But no, All, no, no Anaya Smith, though, now for the rest of the season. Your best offensive weapon is gone. Yes, now. that that is a major concern for me on Saturday. But I think that this number is too high. I'm going to play A&M to cover on the road in what should be an, a, not necessarily a must-win game for Mississippi State, but you already have the loss to LSU. You go 0-2 in the SEC considering the team that Mississippi State had back with a vulnerable LSU, a vulnerable A&M. I think this would be a pretty disappointing start if they lost this one on Saturday. I, I agree. Um, the smart play is Texas A&M here. Texas A&M plus the three and a half. Here's the question. What's the number need to get to offensively? How many points does Mississippi State have to score where you can just be like, yep, A&M has no chance? And I feel like it's like 27. That, like, that's where I would have it too. I think it was 26-22 last year in College Station. I would say probably about 27 or so would make me feel really good if I'm Mississippi State. And if you go over 30, even more. I don't, I think Mississippi State can win the game. I think they're good enough to win the game. I think they're a better overall football team than they were last year. And I think, and they're at home, which is why Vegas, again, three and a half points. But they're also, I think they're fine, kind of telling you, like, hey, maybe you should take the Aggies here. So again, we're, we're both kind of playing against Vegas here by taking the Aggies. It feels like the smart bet, though. I, I I could see Mississippi State winning a close game, but I think the three and a half as a team that is a more talented team, maybe more one dimensional, but more talented. Uh, it's all about that three three five for Zach Garnett, and if that if that if that group does the job, you know all all Mississippi State's got to do is maybe get to like twenty two, twenty four, twenty seven points, and I think they win the game. But I'm a coward, so I'm going to take Texas A and M plus the three and a half. Uh, LSU minus eight and a half to wrap up the show today, this week, LSU minus eight and a half at Auburn, Auburn on the verge of just, uh, they're going to fire their coach. They're just looking for a reason to do it. And I think losing at home by 25 or 30 points to LSU could absolutely be the thing. I like the Tigers LSU <laughs> minus the eight and a half. I'm going to take LSU to lay the points on the road and put a woodshed whooping on Auburn and end Brian Harson, put him out of his misery so he can go to jedun.com and look for a job. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say jedun.com. Brian Harson may need to be using that there site starting uh, next week or maybe sometime later in October. 
I guess this is a record because we're going to agree on this one too. Brady. Every now, single I, game. I, I love the play here for LSU. Uh, if you if you look at the trend in this betting line, it opened up in favor of Auburn this offseason. It has swung completely in favor of LSU, you know, eight, nine points, depending on where you look. I think LSU is getting better. I think Auburn, you could argue, is getting worse. It's probably a you know, sort of a, a tale of two teams headed in opposite directions. If you want to make the case that Auburn keeps this closer, you just have to say weird things happen, as we saw last Saturday, as we've seen in LSU-Auburn games before, and that the rivalry between these two t- teams is close sometimes. That's the only way. Otherwise, I just don't see them being able to keep it close with LSU. Pre- I think LSU's getting better, and that's why I like them to cover. Pressure in the quarterback, maybe? Like, uh, Auburn's uh, decent at getting after the quarterback, and LSU's offensive line's not been good. But the counter to that is that Jaden Daniels has figured out ways to uh, avoid those situations and make some plays, especially in the second half and in the fourth quarter. I just think Auburn is looking for an excuse to quit and looking for an excuse to melt down and looking for an excuse. I will give those players tons of credit if they cover the spread and win a game Auburn at home. Uh, I'm not going to give any credit to the coaches. It's going to be all the players. But if like there's a good chance this is like a 30 point win for LSU. I agree and, with you. And if that's the case, Brian Harson is done. I don't know what they're waiting for, but give me LSU minus the eight and a half. I cannot believe we picked the same five games. Right. Unbelievable. I think don't don't you agree that the Auburn's best case, like if you want to make a case, hey, Auburn's going to cover on Saturday, it's because of the the rivalry. Yeah. It's usually close. Like things are going to happen in Auburn. Yes. Like what's the what's the on field aspect? Like, yeah, they could get some pressure, but they don't seem to be one of you deploy Tank Bigsby 30 times a game, and we know they have quarterback issues, and they barely move the ball against Missouri, and LSU's defense is better. So yeah, they're, I, they're having a hard time finding a reason to think that Auburn can keep this close. Yeah, Holden Gariner comes off the bench and is like a uh, like to a tongue of Iloa. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like in his, in his first second game as a player, I don't know. I mean, that, that Tank Bigsby fourth down call was like, uh, that was like Brian Hart. That was a play calling version of quitting. Brian, Brian Harson was just like, uh, Tank, you just jump over some people and get the first down. Like, I'm not even going to be a coach here. And and he was like, Tank was like, what's going on? <laughs> Maybe Harson was quiet quitting and, and already researching yeah. J.E. Dunn on the yeah, sidelines. But, yeah, but quiet quitting. Go to J.E. Dunn, by the way, everybody. Uh, quiet quitting involves doing 110% of your job and then not getting compensated for it and, and then realizing that I'm just, just going to do 100% from now on. And I'm and I don't think you could argue that Auburn did 100% last week. I think it was... 60 70 percent max yeah max it, that was a uh that was certainly a memorable game in the sec for uh some reasons we probably would like to forget based upon how that uh ending played out yes <laughs> yes one of the most painful losses i've ever seen in my entire life all right make sure you check out steven and i twitter spaces on mondays of course at 11 a.m eastern time that also brought to you by je dunn make sure you check out fringe element podcast every wednesday between myself and aaron dugan uh we had john talty on the show this past week talking all things alabama and auburn lots of harson talk there as well so make sure you check out that show brought to you by je dunn and our war against the spread steven and i pick every single game in the sec every single week on youtube and right here on the podcast feed brought to you of course by who je dunn there you go with gusto We've got, we've both got Kentucky plus the seven. We both have Arkansas plus 17 and a half. We both have AM plus three and a half. We're laying the 28 for Georgia and we're laying the eight and a half for LSU. I don't know what this means for the first time all season that we've agreed. 
I feel better about it because you've been so right the last two weeks. Otherwise, everybody enjoy the weekend. Stephen, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Athlon Stephen. You can also check me out on YouTube, all CFB365. There you have it, at 440 Sports on YouTube and Twitter as well. You can get to me at Braden Gall. For Stephen, I'm Braden. Thanks for hanging out with us. Go to J.E. Dunn, everybody. Enjoy week five. This has been War Against the Spread, Fringe Element Podcast here on the 440 Sports Network.